And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Well, welcome everyone to another edition of the Weighing In Podcast with the real punk Josh Thompson. Podcast Dave on the control. And the best part of the whole podcast sitting right in front of you. It's me. That's right, John McCarthy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We actually have fights that are coming up, so we have some fights to talk about that will be interesting. A lot of things going on in the world of combat sports. You mean in the yeah. world? <laughs> a lot of yeah. things going and on I in the world. And I think that... Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a question and answer near the end of this, so we, we'll get into some of that. We may stuff. get one or two questions in there. We'll see. I do have a couple things that I wanted to talk about, but first, I want to thank all of the fans. We uh, talked about you guys doing the thumbs up for us on YouTube. We want to do it again. We cut. We didn't quite hit our mark of 5,000, but we're a little bit over 3,000, which I want to thank you guys for. And I did notice in the comment section, you guys were hyped about it. Hey, and hey, this is good. This is I'm glad you guys did it. But some of you guys said, hey, you guys didn't talk about it in the beginning of the show, which we did. But I'm going to talk about it right now. I want to give a little <laughs> bit more input. We want to thank you guys. Hit the thumbs up. We want to try to get the 5,000 likes for this video as well. We will be talking about the Max Holloway and Calvin Qatar fight as well. So I hope you guys can keep hitting that thumbs up that shares our videos. And that lets everyone else know that you guys liked it. So when people click on our video and they see all the thumbs up, they're like, you know what? This is a good show. Let's see if we can uh, keep watching it. So How we appreciate anything but. I know. I know. With the, on, let's be honest. With me here. I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dude, your 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 fake crowd noise. Oh, it's bad. It's, it is bad. It is bad. <laughs> uh, I want to give a couple little shout outs to these two young men that are out there. We've got two uh, friends that have uh, some young kids. So we have um, Ollie the Sharpshooter. You guys can go to his YouTube channel if you guys have kids. He's putting out some videos. Um, it's called Ollie the Sharpshooter on YouTube. Uh, can you guys like their page, please? We'd really appreciate it. And then we have KT, the KT experience as well. Um, that's that one just got started as well. So if you guys can't just go around there and just kind of hit the thumbs up on them or hit them on and give them a follow if you would, we'd appreciate that. Um, just two young kids trying to get their YouTube channel started out that are good friends of ours. So, um, there was a couple things. One thing I wanted to clarify, John, before we get into this, uh, Max Holloway fight clarifications, we're in trouble is this is last week. Or actually, a couple of days ago, we were talking about the Nemkov, Yoel, or not yet, Nemkov versus, uh, uh, who's the champ in the UFC? 205. Blahovich. 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 Or, or, okay. or, or, or Izzy. Him sorry, Izzy. Him against Izzy. Yeah. Sorry. We were talking about Nemkov and Izzy, da da da, and like what we thought. And people said, hey, there's no way that Nemkov is a better wrestler than Yoel Romero. And I agree with you. I agree with everyone 100%. Who said he was? They said that we were saying that because we were saying that, no, we said that he had good wrestling, probably the best wrestling that he has faced is what we had said. So I guess I could see how people perceive that because Izzy has faced Yoel Romero. But let me remind people of this. Okay, because Yoel Romero perceive things wrongly. Sorry. That is not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Yoel Romero, though, yes, he is the best wrestler. Let's be honest, though. He doesn't use it. He doesn't wrestle. So it, it's it's one thing to say, like, yes, he is the best wrestler. I agree, hands down. Yoel Romero is the best wrestler that Izzy's ever faced. Nemkov would not be that. But Nemkov would use it more than Yoel Romero did against Izzy. And that's what makes the difference of it. And so and we all know that. Like, you look at, look at the Machida fight up until Yoel used his wrestling. I mean, it was a close fight back and forth, da 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 But um, the fight didn't actually have any 
what wasn't it Yoel didn't use his wrestling, so we didn't get to the, see how good it was. We knew how good it was. The impact happened when. Yeah, when when he uses wrestling. wrestling, yes. And so that I wanted to get that clarified because you know I do yeah. read the comment sections. I try not to post because I do get a little <laughs> aggro, but uh, but no, I do read the comment sections. Uh, I love you guys, man, because I do I like to read. You know what? I actually go through there to read the positive stuff. You know, and on YouTube, YouTube's not known for being positive. It's it's like just it's like a fire pit of shit storm in there, but it's great. Our fans are actually pretty cool, though. A lot okay. of them have. They started sticking up for us now. I love that. No, like some no. of the fan, like some people are like, oh, this sucks. Or this like John, look at those cheap ass headphones John's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> those are the same headphones that Joe Rogan wears. <laughs> and they're not cheap, guys. They're not cheap at all. I was laughing. But um, yeah, but then it's funny because then we'll have guys that are down, you know, like, as they comment, someone will say, you know what? I like John's headphones. Leave them alone. <laughs> we didn't used to have people like that before. I love it. Thanks to you guys for sticking up for us. I got a Scottish girl that DMs me all the time. She's like, hey, can you tell Josh to stop reading the comments? Because he gets so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it, man. Well, John, what do you got, buddy? Dude, I'll, you know what I got? I have a great fight coming up with Max Holloway. And Calvin Qatar, which I think is going to be Calvin Cater. I say Qatar yeah. all the time. Calvin Cater, that is a, I think it's going to be a phenomenal fight. You talk about starting the year off, right? It's a little weird. It's on some channel I think I've heard in the past when I was really young called ABC. Yeah. Just don't, you don't, you don't hear, you don't, you don't hear, hear about those. the ABCs and NBCs <laughs> and CBS that much anymore. It's like everything is about the cable channel. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It's obvious that the UFC has done very well for ESPN. And now Disney, who owns both ESPN and ABC, is going, okay, we want to bring a little bit of that magic over and get a little input into our station here at ABC with a fight, which is only showing that the sport of MMA is continuing to grow. So it's a great thing. Yeah, I think ABC needs a little bit of help. <laughs> and their ratings suck <laughs> and so they're like hey you know what we need a little bit of that to kind of help we save our an platform idea. and uh can we borrow them for a little bit <laughs> so I, I think it's i think it's smart on their part obviously very smart and the the ratings have been doing well for espn and i can see i can see why they're doing that it's very smart on their part i mean anytime you get an opportunity to Still some viewership from another company i think it's still <laughs> going to be on espn though right still it will still be on espn plus i believe so people that have paid for ESPN Plus don't feel like you've uh, you've wasted your money. <clears throat> um, what do you think of the fight? We had talked about this fight previously, saying you know what that would be a great fight to put together. And ding ding mm -hmm. ding ding ding, I feel like Dana sometimes listens to us, and Dana, you know, and you know, takes us <laughs> into consideration. Well, he did post your show. Yeah, <laughs> he did post our show, right? <laughs> Digging at us. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what do you think of this fight? I th I think it's fucking phenomenal. I think it's a it's a classic matchup of two guys that are outstanding in the stand up, but they they approach it differently, mm -hmm. and that's the real question of who's the one that's going to be able to uh, impose what they do to be effective in this fight. I think I actually th I think Calvin's got more power. I think he's yeah. got the power. Uh, advantage in this with his hands i think max is a little bit more diverse with his kicks and some of the strikes that he'll throw based upon uh getting in close with elbows calvin is more boxing centric so he goes after things with his hands a lot he, he will open it up but it's not quite as much 
but I, I do think that it's the angles that uh, Calvin creates and his footwork. And I love the footwork of Max, but Calvin does a really good job of coming in, landing multiple strikes, and then escaping out, cutting an angle, creating it so his opponent cannot return fire on him and land with any power. They can touch him, but they can't land with power. And Max is going to have to figure out that puzzle. This is a, this is a, when you're looking at stylistic matchups, this is, this is a hard one for him. You know, I kind of look at it similar in the stand-up area when Max fought Conor McGregor. You know, obviously a long time ago, younger fighters, but same type of thing. Okay, so there's a couple ways I want to go with this. <clears throat> I think that if Max puts pressure on him, he's going to take some big shots early in the fight. If he can weather those big shots, I think by the fourth and fifth round, he'll start to be able to put such a pace on Calvin that I don't think Calvin's going to be able to keep up because Max can mix it up from the wrestling to the grappling to the submissions to, you know, to the ground control, I think is better than, than Calvin if he can get him down. That's the other thing. But Max has got to make sure that it's an MMA fight, not just a, a stand-up fight. If he mixes yeah. it up, I think he has a good chance of winning this fight, especially later in the fight in rounds four and five. I think he'll start to run away with it and round towards the end of the three, four and five. If he gets started early in the grappling part, I'm not saying he needs to get the takedown. He doesn't need to force it, but he needs to threaten it to keep he needs Calvin. To make him think about he it. He needs to make him think about it so it slows that reaction down, that reaction time down just a tad bit. If he can get him to hesitate for a split second. That'll open up the hands and the kicks and the knees and everything else that that Max needs to win this fight. That's one way. Of, that's the what's one thing that goes through my mind when I think of this fight. And the next thing that goes through my mind is <clears throat> he hasn't been Max. When you lose your title, you got to find that motivation again. And people are like, oh, you should be motivated to get it back. It doesn't work that way, guys. I wish it does. It doesn't always work that way. Like, oh, he should be ready to go. He's amped up. No, 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 no. He's been defending that title for so long. And then when he lost it and he lost it twice, you know, he lost it again, which it was so close. There is a little bit of frustration in there. It's almost like, gosh, am I ever going to get back there? And if he loses this fight, that's what's going through the back of his mind right now. Is he's thinking, if I lose this, I'm getting set back all the way back to like number five, number, you know, somewhere number five, number six, somewhere in there. He's like, I won't see another title shot for three or four more fights. That's two, maybe that's probably about two years. You know what I mean? That's a long time to a fighter. They're thinking in their mind, damn, I got a lot of work to do, you know? And I know when you're on your way up, you don't think about that. You think like, okay, one fight at a time. You're thinking, sure, I can, we can't wait to get the title. And you're just plucking the guys off as you're on your way up. <clears throat> this fight though, right now is if I lose, it's going to set him back. So there's a lot of emotions, I think, going through his mind. He needs to fight a very smart fight to win this fight. He needs to be on point. If he's not on point, it's going to be a long night for him. It's getting, and then the longer the fight goes where he doesn't threaten or he's not having, uh, it's not going his way, he can start to get more frustrated and it can start slowing him down even more. It can start overthinking things and not just reacting. Reacting. He needs to go out there and have fun like we've seen him have. He's out there having fun. He's fucking one of the hardest guys to beat in the world if he's out there having a good time. No doubt. When he's taking it too serious, I think, he's not the same fighter. And I, there's a little bit of that I think that will happen in this fight if things don't start to go his way early or how he wants them to go early because he he knows that if he loses this fight, it's going to set him back two years before he gets another title shot. 
All good points, and I agree with you on most of them. Uh, I, I really look, there's a couple of fights that Calvin has had, especially that fight. Do you remember the fight he had with Shane Burgos? No, I don't. Oh, my God. I mean, I think it went in the beginning of the third round, but it was the combination that he hit Burgos with. But he was willing to exchange with Burgos because he he knows he's got power. Now, I'm not saying Shane Burgos doesn't have power. He does. But it was that fight that tells me Max has got to do exactly what you were saying. He has got to make this an MMA fight. He cannot sit there and think that he is going to just outstrike Calvin Cater and he's going to win the fight. That's probably, that's, that's, in my opinion, the least likely road to victory for Max Holloway. He has got to create situations. Almost, you know, you look at when, uh, you know, when Calvin fought Dan Ige, you know, Ige was trying for takedowns. He was, and, and if you're asking me, and I love Dan, he's a stud. He's a, he's stud. a fucking, just a tough dude. But let's be honest. Let's take a look at the tools that each guy has, and especially when it comes to the stand-up. Yeah. You know, Dan, he's, 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 he's going after him with a freaking, you know, a BB gun compared to a guy with a freaking, you know, a Glock. He doesn't have the stand-up tools to stay with, but he was trying to get the fight to the ground at times. He was trying to make it a grimy fight. And that's what kept him in the fight because Qatar had, Cater had to actually deal with that and it slowed his offensive yep. progression down. And that's exactly what I think Max has to do. He has to make him deal with all of the aspects of MMA. Don't just make this, we're going to go out there and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sling it down, brah. No. Not the game plan to get you a win. You think pretty highly of Glocks, apparently, because <laughs> um, I, I do. Yeah, I I, I, like I, I agree with what you're saying. <clears throat> I mean, because I said it first, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> um, it, he's just got to fight smart, and if he mixes it all up, I think it's going to be a great fight. He's he's got to if he that's the one thing I felt like he got away with. He he got away from as he was when he was fighting and defending his title. He started just. He was having fun, which made it successful. It was he just started just picking people apart. I think it's it started before the Brian Ortega fight, but you really saw it come out in the Brian Ortega fight. Just touch, touch, touch. Not a lot of mixing it up. He was just putting on a show out there and having a good time. He's got to do the same thing here, but he's got to mix in a lot more of the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu part of it all. And like I said, it, it doesn't matter if he gets it. He just needs to threaten it. He needs to make people... He needs to make... Calvin feel like it's a possibility if I get taken down I may lose this round just being on my back the whole time well John the other fight that I wanted to chat about real quick was the Matt Brown and Carlos Condit fight I'm glad to see the legends get a little props here by being in the co-main event do you think they're getting love I hope so man I mean this, I, I want to <laughs> believe I want to believe that I want to believe it <clears throat> I want to believe that that they deserve it they deserve to be there um there's no one else on that card, I think, that deserves to be in that number two spot over them. If I looked at the rest of the card, don't get me wrong, I think it's I think it's one of those sneaky good cards, you know, uh, with not a lot of name power. But I also think that these guys they have they have big names. <clears throat> you know that they're going to fight. They're going to fight hard, and I think they deserve to be there. All right, so tell like, me who wins this one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Condit. Yeah, me too. He just got less miles on him. That's the biggest thing. Like Carlos is he, don't get me wrong, he's fought the who's who. We know that. So is Matt Brown. But Carlos has less miles on him. 
like actual damage fight miles. And at the ages that they're at, what, Matt's 40? How old's Carlos? 30, 36. 36. Oh, that even makes Carlos, sense. <clears throat> Car- Carlos has the more complete game. Yeah, he does. Especially, especially if it hits the ground. Yes. Carlos on the ground is a lot better than people give him credit for. He's sneaky good on the ground. Now, he's, he's, not, Damian, he's not Damian Maya, but he is absolutely good on the ground. Yeah. Uh, he, he when he was in the WC, he was he was on the ground quite a bit. Oh yeah, he's, and he was submitting good guy. He's exactly. Submit, remember, remember Brock Larson. Yes, Brock Larson I do. Was a freaking monster on the ground. Yeah, Carlos Condit submitted him. Yep, tapped him out. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember watching that fight too. Um, yeah, he was Carlos was really good on the ground. Then he got to the UFC, and I, I don't think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people just started avoiding the takedowns with him. They didn't want to take him down. They were like, eh, yeah. you know. <clears throat> he's good. Yeah. I, 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 what do you, what do you, Matt Brown's going to walk this down. He's going to try to put a lot of pressure. He's going to try to, you know, work his way in. But I'm just saying, I think Carlos is very good at keeping defensively, be his strong, keeping a strong defense. And I think the age factor will play a difference a little bit 40 and 36. I know 36 is still, it's not in your prime, but the activity is still there at 40. Remember when we were t- who were we talking about just recently where the- just getting hit is like it doesn't feel as good. I think at that age, some guys can just continue to do it. We've seen it with Randy oh, yeah. Couture. We've seen it with Dan Henderson. These guys fought into their you know late 40s. But not everyone has that ability to like take shots. Not everyone has the ability to like continue to keep going after they hit 40, 42, 44. I think with Matt Brown. I mean, if anyone's going to be able to do it, it'll be him. He reminds me a little bit of that gritty, tough, still worker, kind of just those Dan Henderson hands that are like leather, <laughs> just just leather. Um, Matt Brown would be the guy. But um, but I, th- I think Carlos, the technique will be there. The conditioning will be there. The push of the pace will be there. And I, I don't know if Matt Brown can, can continue that at 40 years old. Carlos is very good at controlling range. He keeps things to the outside when he wants most of the time. Matt has got to bring this into a phone booth fighting situation where he's really good with his elbows. He comes across well. I just don't see him being able to get the fight into that range that he wants often enough to be successful. So, but it's, you know, it's going to be a fun fight. And, and I, oh, there's never been a Matt Brown fight that I haven't enjoyed. That's true. Uh, he's fun to watch, and so is Carlos. And like I said, one of the things about Carlos, I've always said, he's one of those guys that man, he's he's got that mean side to him. He's he's just nasty, and uh, he when he steps in the cage, he's got an evil side, and I love that about him. So does he really? Fun. He seems very he does, nice. dude. No, dude. No, no, no. He seems no, very no. nice. Yeah, he seems very nice because he is very nice. As soon as he steps out of the cage, he's a nice guy. But he's called the natural born killer for a reason. He has got a mean streak in him. And, and you can see it when he's fighting. He's tough. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Carlos Condit's 36. I don't know. Who, where does Matt Brown train? Oh, in Ohio, where he lives, man. Yeah, he lives. He, he, he owns his own time. gym, correct? Yeah. yeah well, he partners with somebody. Okay. <clears throat> I think at 36 years old, Matt Brown, it's a different situation for Matt Brown. At 36 years old, Carlos Condon is at um, Jackson Wink, correct? Yep. No. No. No, he's not. Where'd he go? No, he's not at Jackson Wink. 
According to this, he's sure dog. Yeah, no. Negative, not anymore. He's, okay. he, he was, and oh. then he left. Got it. Is he in Colorado? No, he's still in New Mexico. You know, he's uh, he went back with, uh, trying to think of Tom's name. Uh, I just know him as Tom. <laughs> just know him as Tom. <laughs> his, his, his old trainer and stuff that, you know, you started out with. Tom from he, he uh, with Tom. MySpace? <laughs> Tom from MySpace. <laughs> yeah, and then he he went from uh, he went from there to Jackson Wink. He was with Jackson Wink for a while, and then went back. Got it. Got it. I feel like when you're at when you're at like say a, a gym like Jackson Wink and like how I was at AK or other people, you know, like I, think when, I feel like when you get to that certain age level, you start to feel like the old guy. And <laughs> you I, are, I, the old you guy. are. <laughs> But do you feel, I, I wonder, does it make a difference on how you perform? Because you, you don't want to train with the young guys that might hurt you. You don't want to train with the young guys that may go super hard. It just, you, you almost feel like you outgrown. I don't see you've outgrown the sport. You just out, you've outgrown training with the younger guy. I don't know what it is. Training with killers. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, I wonder those things, you know, um, that 36, 37 age is like that feeling of this may not be for me. You don't really have anything in common anymore with the people. Sure, you guys are friends, but you don't really have anything in common anymore with the the young ones that are coming up. Do you feel like it affects the fighting at all? I, I think you always have to uh, <clears throat> look towards new things. And it's like you're talking about Condit. You know, Condit went out to, uh, and I, I can't say he did it for this camp, but for his last one, I know he went to the, you know, Donald Cerrone in the Bad Motherfucker Ranch. Mm. And he did some training out there and stuff. And you've got to do things that make it fun again. Bring a spark. Make it to where it's a little bit different. It's not the same goddamn grind again, you know, one day after the other. And that's, it's not easy to do at times. Mm. But when you have someone like a Cerrone out there that you can go to and something, you know, you can get a lot of different guys out there and you get the Joe Schillings out there and you get all these different people and all of a sudden it's a little bit fun and they're not trying to kill you because they're all, you know, in that same, you know, level of, you know, they've all been there, done that, you know, have been world champions or things like that. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's incumbent upon you as a fighter to find that if you're going to stay on in the sport, the older you get, because it, it's like anything, you know, it's, Man, it's so hard to explain, but when you are really good at something and you've done something that everybody else looks at you and goes, wow, you know, you know, he does that. Yeah, he does that, but he would like to do something else too. Yeah. You know, be it, you know, hey, I want to, I want to be able to freaking, you know, take a Harley apart and put it back together. I want to be able to make, you know, cabinetry, whatever it is, you know, he's going to end up gravitating towards some other, you know, thing that he likes and it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. <clears throat> this is true look i just i like watching both these guys fight like you said with matt brown i don't think i've ever seen a fight that i didn't enjoy of his you know yep. um and carlos has just been around i think as long as i've been around i mean like he's been fighting since he was young was he in the, when was he in the wc i remember watching him fight before oh, that, the, it was back out in lamore he, he was in lamore think, think no think about it icon he was in hawaii fighting frank trigg and all those guys in the tournament and stuff. I mean, he just he's been around for a long time. Yeah, but he used to fight, I believe, Stud. WC before it was bought by the UFC. He was in the yeah. 
Yeah, he was in the WC before he fought in the UFC. It was like before the UFC. Well, he was it. in the WC now. Uh, he was in the WC before he went to the UFC. Obviously, he was the welterweight champ there. But he, uh, I think the UFC owned it at the time that he went there. Yeah, I think that you're right because it says his first fight in the WC was in Las Vegas. So that would mean that. Yeah. The, yeah. Because you know nothing Zufo, really. Zufo nothing, owned it. Yeah, nothing gets into Vegas. With the house. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, then he fought Extreme Wars. What, Rumble, Rumble, um, what's it called? Rumble on the Rock. Rumble on the Rock. Back in the day, uh, ROF. And then King of the Cage. Gosh, man, he's been fighting a long time. 2003, 2002. Oof, what an animal. These are the guys you look at and you go, yeah. I always tell guys, man, if you have a 10-year career, you've done phenomenal. You know, and then you get the guys that, you know, they go beyond, they go past that. You know, you did it, you know, and you go into the 15 years, you get guys going into the 18, 20 years of fighting. And it's, it's actually amazing, you yeah. know, and it's a tribute to that person as, you know, as an athlete, as, you know, mentally how tough they are as far as just the grind that it takes to, you know, pick it up every time and go back and do it again. You know, not easy. So you get yeah. someone with an 18 year career, very impressive. Shit, he's 36. He's got at least three more years left in him. <laughs> if he wants it. Yeah, if he wants it. I, I, I think the fact that he's not as active as he normally used to be, I think that he's going to start to kind of just drift off. It just, it just like, the, I don't think the training is as fun anymore, probably. Like, when people, when, when, when fighters get older and they're not as active, then I get the, the vibe and the feeling like, okay, they're starting to lose touch with the fact that it's not as fun as it used to be. And there's not only that, but then there's other things in life that are just getting in the way. Kids, house, wife, traveling, things that you've neglected for the last 18 years because you've been training through two, three times a day. It's like you've been just following your diet. You've been hitting the road and the pavement, like all that shit that you've missed out on. And I, I, I when fighters only fight once a year or once every, you know, once every 18 months, I get that vibe that they're just... They're trying to work their way out slowly. They're mentally trying to process like, okay, what's next for me? What am I going to do? But I'm excited to see. This is this is one of those fights that I've always been excited to see. I was hoping to <clears throat> see it sooner than this, but I'm excited. Let me see what else. Uh, I don't even know how you say this guy's last name. Ponsonibio <laughs> and Jing, Jing Leong Jing Lee. Jing Leong Lee. Jing, he's a last minute replacement, correct? I believe that he was put in there uh, as a replacement. I, do, I can't say how last minute it was. This is what, last week, I believe. Was it? Yeah, I think it was last I week. I think it was like two weeks. Um, okay, I'm sorry. We're splitting hairs now. Come on. Come on I Don. think, man, I I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I look at that and, uh, uh, you know, Zilang Zhi, he came into the UFC because he was the really the first Chinese fighter, you know, and they were trying to give him people in the beginning and then, you know, his last fight was, he was the favorite against Neil Magny. And I was like, what, what, what are they thinking? Yeah. You know, and nothing against him as a fighter. He's a tough dude and he will throw down. But again, they are stacking this guy up. It's like you gave him all these people in the beginning of his career, you know, hoping that he could beat them so you could have this guy from China and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Man, his last two fights now with, Ponzinibbio, that's a that's a horrible fight for him. Ponzinibbio is good. 
His striking is outstanding. He is tough as hell. So, I don't know. He's from China Top Team. Damn. <laughs> okay. Top Team. Top, top Team is all the way out there in China. Yeah. Damn, Top Team. Well, there's, there's Top Teams everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm just <laughs> like, there's Top Team in China. I mean, I wouldn't have thought. I didn't, I didn't know that until I just read it right now on his bio. Um, well, I, mean, you, I think uh, Jing Liang, he's been there since like either 2014, 2015, something like that. You know, he's been in the UFC a long time. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. 2014. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> Pots Navio is good. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I look at that matchup and I go, yeah. man, that's just not a good matchup for you. I, I don't know what the odds are on it, but. I know Ponzinibbio's got to be the favorite, and he's got to be a pretty heavy favorite. I would say three to one. Yeah. We'll take a look at that. We'll do. We'll do the. We'll do the betting on the odds or weighing in on the odds here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that next. One. We're gonna win you guys some money here shortly, fellas. We're gonna win you guys okay. some money. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's. Okay, pull, go. Ahead. You know what? Let's get into it now. Let's talk about the odds. We're gonna so weigh, we're weighing in on the odds. We're gonna weigh in on these odds, Dave. Yeah, nice job, dude. Wait a that was just a beautiful segue. Dave, Dave <laughs> has created a weighing in on the odds segment for us. And so he created a uh what'd you create? A, one of those. A graphic? Yeah. And so nice graphic. Yeah, I'm not very tech guys, as you guys can tell. <laughs> I'm very techy, so uh the verbiage is not there. But let's uh let's get into this. Let's see what we got here. Well, you got to first, you got to go to mybookie.ag or .com and sign up. Give them the whole thing. They sign up for the very first time they sign up. They get 50% more. So if you put $500 down, you get $750 total, a $250 add-on by mybookie. So you can bet on these fights. You can make some money and you can bring the shoes home to the little baby. <laughs> the shoes. <clears throat> It's all about the shoes. It is all about the shoes. It is all about the shoes. The shoes. The shoes. You can't have your kid walking around in shitty looking shoes, man. They gotta be tight. <laughs> I was watching one of the old <clears throat> I know this is off topic, but I was watching one of the old uh Queens of Comedy, the very first one. <laughs> and there was there was a segment where the girl talks about how um she says, I'm walking through the airport and I get so mad when parents name their kids after vehicles that they can't live up to. <laughs> She's like, when you when you yell your kid's name, yo, come here, Mercedes, but your kid look like a Buick. <laughs> I'm sort of cracking up. <laughs> she said, at least name your kids something they can live up to. She's like, when I see when I hear someone yell at their kid, see this kid with this big old diaper swollen 15 times the size walking through the through the store. And you yell at him, come here, Denzel. She's like, oh, no, you did not call your kid Denzel. Like, <laughs> I just started cracking up. John doesn't get it. He's old. He's 75. He's like, <laughs> I get it. No get idea. It. No. Anyways, maybe I'm just. But it just made me think of that. I'm, I know that was completely off topic. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get into this. Okay. So uh, waiting on the odds, Calvin Cater versus Max Holloway. Calvin Cater's plus 130 and then minus 160 for Max Holloway. So Max Holloway's the favorite. Yes, he is. 
but not by much. I would still bet on Max Holloway. Good. I would I would bet on Calvin Cater. Really? Absolutely. I get you said 160? Yeah. Hello, I'm putting $100 down to get 160. Yeah, I know. But I'm still betting on I'm still put I'm still betting on Max cuz Max is actually okay. going to win this fight. No, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You think Calvin's well, going to win this? You think you think Calvin's going to win this fight? I do. Oh, I think stylistically, I th Max has got to fight something that the way he doesn't like to fight. He likes to get into wars. He loves to plant his feet and throw down, and, and he's awesome at it. And I love him as a fighter. I just think this is the wrong guy to do that with. Ooh. I think Max, <clears throat> I think Max fights a smart fight. I think Max wrestles. I think Max he uses definitely could, and he could definitely win the fight. Yeah, I'm. An, I'm sorry. But he's got to fight that smart fight. I'm going with Max. Good. All right. Don't, don't so listen to John, there. you guys. Like don't that. not don't listen to John. <laughs> <laughs> no, Max Holloway is minus one sixty. So I'm going to go with Max. I think Max. Not only is he the favorite, but he's your favorite. Yeah, he, he's he's my favorite in this fight. So, um, what other, what's the other one? And we had Carlos Condit against. Matt Brown. What's the odds on that? Carlos Condit is a minus 165, and Matt Brown is plus 135. Yeah, I got to go with Carlos. I'm yeah. Putting the extra money down. Glad you're finally starting to see the light. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, do, you don't have to be a follower your whole life. Man. Oh, yeah. man. And last one, let's go with, let's go with we talked <clears throat> about Ponzinibbio against Lee Jiling Ji. Whatever. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it is uh Jing Liang Li is Jing Liang plus two twenty and Ponsonibio okay. is minus two eighty. That's a, I mean that's a safe bet. I feel like it I was close. Yeah, I said three to one. Three to one, yeah. You were close. close. You're right. It's kind of close. <laughs> kind of oh, yeah. close. I, I, I would, would definitely I would put down the extra money on Santiago. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those fights I just wouldn't bet on, just to be honest. I don't want to put down 280 and, you know, and plus win, and then win my two. I just wouldn't do it. The risk reward to me is not is not there. I wouldn't do that. Well, I would. And you could be right about it, because if there's one thing about Jiang Liang, he, he is dangerous in that he will throw from any angle. When he's in trouble, he swings wild and crazy, but he connects at times and he does have power. So. There is the possibility. I still say Ponzinibbio walks away the winner in that fight. Easy. There was another fighter that I saw on there. <clears throat> Let's take a look at the Buckley fight. Joaquin Buckley? That man has just made a living in this COVID era. He has been fighting his ass off. That's awesome. He's fighting Alessio Di Chirico. 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 Okay, I have not seen Alessio fight. So, do you know? Do you have any information on him? Yeah, if you, if you don't, tough. I won't hold it against you. He's no, he fought. I think his last fight was against Zach Cummings. He lost that fight. It was a close fight. It was a decision. Um, it was the difference in Cummings being able to take him down at times, but there was also a couple of times Cummings landed a big shot. He landed. I think I'm trying to remember. I think it was the second round. He landed a big shot right at the end of the round, which switched the round rule. And that's what got him the win. But, you know, it's uh, I, th I think Buckley's just too strong, too good in the stand-up. 
Um, it's going to be a stand-up fight, you know, because Buckley really does not try to take anybody down, and you're, you're not going to be seeing uh, the fight going to the ground by Alessio. So I would say, you know, this is technique versus technique, power versus power, and Buckley has proven he's got some got some power. Not that you know, Shariko cannot beat him. It's a possibility, but I, I, I give it to Buckley. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, hey, that's our weighing in on the odds. If you guys want to take a look at uh, at that at those on mybookie.ag, hit the promo code Wayne in, and they'll give you an extra fifty percent on your initial deposit. So if you deposit a thousand dollars, they'll give you another five hundred dollars only on your first initial deposit. So that's mybookie.com or mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in and get that extra fifty percent on your first initial deposit. All right, guys. Well, thanks for that. And then let's jump into what you just pull up. You said you wanted to talk about Dave. Come on, Dave. Let's uh, go, buddy. Stay I was, motivated. I was telling you that the 259, UFC 259 got pretty stacked. Yeah, I did get pretty stacked. They have three, is it three title fights? Yep. Yes, three title fights. Now, look, the history of, has been shown that three title fights on one card you normally sucks. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think they have I hate one, saying that because I, I love the fact that they do it. I do. I do love the fact that they do it. Yeah. Um, it normally It normally sucks given the history of it all. But the card is fucking just stacked, man. It is really stacked. So Jordan Espinoza is uh, fighting Tim Elliott. Uh, Islam Makachev is fighting Drew Dober. Benavides is fighting Askar Askarov. And then you've got uh, Tiago Santos is fighting. Okay, we got murdered for how we said it. It's, I thought it was Rakic. Rakic. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say Rakic. And you say racket. Okay. Um, I, I, I think it's racket. I was told racket. So okay. I could be wrong. But. And then Dominic Cruz, uh, Casey Kenny. Is that a good fight for Dom? I don't think so. I don't I, think so. We either. talked about that fight before. And I think, you know, their styles make fights and Dom is slowing down a little bit. That just comes with, you know, getting a little yeah. older. He's super smart in the cage. Got an incredible fight IQ, but it's hard to overcome speed and power and youth yeah this is just not a good matchup he cannot out wrestle casey he he's striking wise casey kenny comes after people and casey is many times uses the southpaw stays in the southpaw it's just a handful man he he's he's the coming so this is going to be a tough fight for dominic cruz you got peter yawn and aljamain sterling uh amanda nunez and <laughs> megan anderson <laughs> and then you've got yawn blahovich and versus <laughs> Dave, did you hear that? Let's let's try and get on track with this, buddy. Blahovich. And then Israel Adesanya. Okay, so this card is just fucking stacked from top to bottom. Great card. I'm excited for this card. Um, I'm gonna run through a couple of these. So we've talked a little bit about already the Islam Makachev and Drew Dober fight. Um, <laughs> good fight. I think Islam. I, it does scare me a little bit because Dober is shorter. Dober does lunge in with big shots. You know. Islam's just got to be very cautious in, in the early part of the first round, in the first two and a half, three minutes. He's got to make sure he's very defensive. Use his wrestling, get into the clinch, foot sweeps, all those things that will take away the power of Drew Dober. Fight him in a phone booth in that clinch in that area there, press him against the fence. Get him to slow down a little bit, and then as the fight goes on, just start just working your stand-up as well as your wrestling, all those things. What people don't realize is how good Islam Makachev is on the ground. He is super fucking strong. I mean, like, look, <clears throat> I don't care how you what you think of Deron Wynn, but Deron Wynn will tell you this. He's a just like a short little 
<clears throat> he's a short stump of a wrestler, explosive, really Deron strong. Deron Wynn is DC Jr. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's just he's strong though as held as well. Islam Duran has very, made it very vocal. Islam Akachev is the strongest guy he's ever grappled with. Strongest guy ever. And, and Duran has traveled all around the world and wrestled some of the best wrestlers in the world. He's like, Islam Akachev is the strongest guy I've ever grappled with, ever. And I've and all the training I've done with uh, Islam as well, he's just gotten better and better. It's the, the funny part is you just very rarely see these guys on their back. And so you don't see how good they are off the bottom. And that's the other thing is that when they do get on bottom, they don't stay there very long because they're so good at getting into certain sweeps that they hit and they hit it very well from the bottom. And then when they get on top, you just can't get them off of you. I almost feel like it's a bait thing sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes they will, they always start on the bottom. So when we're grappling, they'll always touch hands and they'll just go right to their butt and they'll go ahead and just start grappling from the bottom, end up on top, and then you're done. Like they just hold you down. You know, and they'll continue to do that over and over. But I mean... Guys like Duran Wynn have spoken high praise of Islam. I always speak high praise of Islam because I've he's one of my main training partners for a couple of years. He's he's phenomenal. He's extremely good on the on the ground. Drew Dober scares me a little bit because of the height and or not the height, but because of yes, because of the height. Because he is a little bit shorter. The punches come on the over the overhand rights, the overhand left. Harder to get into. Yeah, it's just one of those things that kind of if you leave your chin up and your hands down for a second. And you get caught on the butt on the button. It's one of those things. It just kind of scares me. Islam is a technician, though. He's he's very good. So I'm excited to see the fight. It's a it's a much different fight, though, John, than the than the uh, Dos Anjos fight, you know. And so Dos Anjos good on the ground, you know, got decent wrestling. Not anywhere near Islam's wrestle of wrestling, but he's good on the ground, and he's got he's got good leg kicks. That's the other thing as well. Um, we've seen with Khabib and also too with Islam is that they know how to check kicks, but they don't always do it all the time. They're a little heavier on that front foot. Islam, not so much as Khabib, but um, it just makes for, it makes it an interesting fight for me when I see stylistic height, range, reach, all those things. Cause those are the things that kind of scare me when guys are long and lanky and tall that are fighting shorter and stockier guys, punches come from angles that they're not used to really dealing with as much. It's going to be a good fight. I enjoy. I think the matchup is good. I love Drew Dober, so I think he's he's in a little over his head as far as certain aspects of MMA when it comes to matching up with Islam. But all it takes is one on the chin. All it takes is one on the chin, and yeah. Drew Dober has shown he has got that, and he has gotten much better. You know, being where he's at now, I think he's at elevation, and man, he, they they've done a good job with him. He's learning other things. He's fighting smarter. That says everything. So the, it, there's the other the other fight that's on that card that no one's you're not going to hear about, but it's going to be fantastic. Is Jake Matthews against Sean Brady? That's going to be a good fight. Okay, okay. That's Sean Brady is a beast, and Jake Matthews we watched. I think I think his last fight was against Diego Sanchez, and uh, you know kind of dismantled Diego and stuff and. You could see where they were using Diego to kind of push Jake Matthews in that. But this fight, they ain't giving Jake Matthews nothing because Sean Brady is a freaking beast. It's going to be good. Okay. Let's see. Let's take a look at that. But they're not doing Joseph Benavidez any favors. Nope. They're giving him Askarov. <laughs> not at all. 12, 12 and 0 and 1 is Askarov. Joseph Benavidez coming off of his loss, correct? To Figueredo. Yep. Um, 
it, it, is this two become losses. yeah it's two losses but i mean is is this is this like hey let's get him to fight Askarov a big name so we can have him yes. move on to a title shot next let's be honest yeah what is it oh you got you got you got to build one guy and 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 god i hate saying it because i love joe benavides but he can he beat figueredo no so he's not even a question as far as fighting for the championship again where Askarov could be. So yeah. does Askarov win this fight? I think he does. How? It's you know, just being and this is the difference. I think that Benavides's ground game is definitely better than Askarov. And he can he can control him on the ground. I'm not saying he's gonna be able to submit him but he'll be able to control him and do damage and get a win by getting the fight to the ground. Does Joe do that? That's my question, yeah. and that's my problem. Got it. So, you know, Joe Joe fell in love with knocking people, you know, out. And, uh, he's got, you know, he's got good stand-up, but you know, he's, got, you know, he's got a short reach, and he's got to do certain things to get inside. And uh, Askarov in the stand-up game, technically, is very good. Mm. So... It'd be a good fight, but I think Askarov has the advantage. Let's get into these title fights, man. Peter Yan, baby. Uh, Aljamain Sterling. Give it to me, John. Give me what you think. Sterling been talking all sorts of shit. Well, I, I you know, you, you take a look and you say, can Aljamain Sterling beat him? Yes. Not a doubt about it. If he could get him down, he has the ability to submit him because Aljamain is good on the ground. He is slick on the ground. Do I think he's going to be able to get him down there and get into those positions? I don't think so. I think Peter Yan, uh, technically in the stand-up, is better than Aljamain. I, I'm not saying he's faster. I think Aljamain is super fast and has the ability to stay with him for a while. But the striking that Peter Yan will bring will start to break Aljamain down if he's not able to get the fight onto the ground where he doesn't, you know, consecutively sustained damage in rounds with leg kicks and the punches and strikes that are going to come from Peter Yawn. Like we, we, you've seen the one person who uh, Peter Yawn lost to in yeah. Magomed Magomedov. And you, you know how good he is. Yeah. Right. But then he got a win against him too. You know, and he came back and beat him. So, you know, Peter Yawn is a, he's just a fucking beast and he's just getting better. Yeah. You know, I thought that Aldo actually had a, a brilliant performance for the first three rounds against Jan. He he was with him and he was doing well, you know, but systematically was getting beat down. And if Aljamain Sterling cannot get this fight off of the feet and onto the ground where he can do his work, it's going to be a long night for him. Yeah, I think I don't I just don't see any weaknesses in Peter Jan's game. That's the thing. I don't see he's good on the feet. He's good in the clinch. He's got his nasty little fucking foot sweep that gets people on the ground, breaks their balance before they can throw power when you fight him in a phone booth. Uh, we saw that with the Magomed Magomedov fight. Uh, I saw it several times in that fight. It was almost every time they clinched, he mm -hmm. foot swept him. And we saw how good of a wrestler Magomedov is. Just phenomenal wrestler. And so when I see these things, I'm like, just... I think that Jan is a different level than a lot of these guys in that weight class. And 
until you find somebody else. I mean, you said he could submit him. I just, I almost went, I almost thought you were, it was like cringeworthy to hear you say that. No, like, <laughs> Al Jermaine has, has that ability. He really does. In you terms know, that it's gotta, he, it's, it's got to be early and he's got to be dry too. And it's got to be, as it, it's as gotta it gets be into fast. the later rounds. Oh yeah. It's got to be oh, fat. Yeah. It's got to be one of those ones where he slaps on that guillotine so fast. He doesn't have a chance to really do anything but tap. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be one of those where he just, we saw it like with the Pettis and the Benson Henderson type arm bar. It's got to be one of those where you make a mistake and your arm's there and boom, it's on so fast. Nothing you can do. John Jones and Vitor Belfort style. You've got nothing to do. It's like, oh shit, it's already there. It's got to be one of those submissions. It's not going to be a slow, methodical, let me put it in. Like, <laughs> let me put it no. in like this. <laughs> I walked into that one. Oh, shit. No um, comment. Yeah, no comment. It's <laughs> it's going to be one of those. It's it, it won't oh, be. it's what, already one of those. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it won't be one of those. It's, it's going to be one of those where he has to, he's going to have to slap it on real fast for it to happen. And I just don't, I don't see it happening, especially early in the round when Peter Yan's still, he's not tired. He's not, he's not slowed down at all. He's a very smart fighter. And I've saw, when I watched them, when I went back and watched the Magomed, Magomed, Magomed fight, they were both in the, even in the fourth and fifth round, they're fucking like little ferrets just getting after oh, it. Extremely talented, both of them. But I mean, it was just that level. I don't know if Aljamain Sterling can do that for five round fight. I don't yeah. know if he can do that. Well, it is, the, you know, it's the question because Aljamain has had fights where he's, done really well in the beginning and then tailed off so there is that possibility but yeah you're looking at a fight and saying it's a championship fight the champion is going to be the favorite no doubt about it yeah it's the question of what can aljamain do to make it to where he can get the fight down early because that's a key element in my opinion for him to possibly get a win He's got to get the fight down early and he's got to keep Yawn from damaging him while he inflicts damage and puts Yawn into bad positions. It's not going to be easy. You know, Yawn's yeah. the favorite, but, you know, can Sterling do it? Sterling can do it. He's a good fighter and he's tricky. And he's got a, he's got a full submission game and his leg locks have gotten way better. And that might be one of the ways to attack someone like Peter Yawn. I'm not saying it is. I would be very hesitant in, in suggesting it, but you know when you're really good with them and you're going against someone that doesn't understand them as much, it can be super effective. True, true. I I just uh, Algernon has got to he's got to make it a fast and scrappy fight. Try to catch him in some sort of scramble right off the bat in the first two three rounds. If he doesn't do that, it's not going to go his way. Just in my well, he's got to do it. He's got to do it in the first round. He's got, I'm not saying he's got to win it in the first round. Yeah. He has got to get the fight. If he doesn't get the fight to the ground in the first round. If those of you guys at home didn't see, John was waving goodbye. I'm waving. He's <laughs> yeah. waving goodbye. It's uh, over. Okay, so uh, Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson. Is it, not even is close. it Megan? Is it Megan or is it Megan? Whatever. Come on, guys. I, people were cru crucifying. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to say. People say, is, I, it's, it's to, I've always said, when I saw that, it's always been Megan my whole life. So, but if she wants to be called Megan, I'll do it. But, anyways, <laughs> she's a she's a really nice girl. She seems like very she is. You, know, you know tall, super. You know she's gotten way better with James Krause. You know in her, in uh, 
doing her training and stuff. And so we'll see if that helps in any fashion. I just don't see it helping against who she's fighting against. You know, she's fighting against, you know, someone that's one of the best fighters that's ever put on MMA gloves as a female. She's a stud. She might even be the best. And I mean, she's learning where Amanda Nunez had her, her faults before. She's taken care of those. She's gotten rid of them. She's learned. She learned from her losses. And she has made herself dangerous as hell everywhere. Mm. And she doesn't fight, you know, to go out and knock people's heads off. If it's someone who she looks at and says, eh, that person could possibly hurt me. I'm going to fight this fight a different way. Similar like she did with, you know, Jermaine. You know, she took Jermaine down. You know, Jermaine on the feet is a monster. Amanda is a monster. But why are you gonna why are you gonna have this battle of the of the monsters on the feet if you are better on the ground? Put her there and make her fight into your your world. And that's what Amanda does now. So in this fight, where where does Megan Anderson have the advantage? Well, she definitely doesn't have it on the ground. It's not even yeah. close. Not even close. Okay, so. Uh, shouldn't have it on the feet either by the way hello thank you very much that's my point right there you know it's like and she doesn't have it on the feet she doesn't have the power that Amanda does she doesn't have honestly the speed that Amanda does she's got length and she's got range you know that you know God has given her but I just don't see where that is going to end up good for her you know you can go back I think when she fought um, she fought Felicia Spencer right Look at what happened on the ground there. Now go and watch Amanda Nunez against Felicia Spencer. I mean, it's just there's yeah. nowhere that I see that Amanda is added, you know, even a a draw. Amanda's got she's got this fight. The only way Amanda loses this fight is if Amanda spends all of her time with her baby, doesn't train, and decides I don't care. Well, you go in with that attitude, you could lose. But other than that, she's going to win this fight. D- do they get rid of the division after this? I think so. They just don't have anybody in the division. Who do who do you put against, you know, Amanda's your champion. Well, who is it you're going to now put against her as a champion? Dave, pull up the featherweight division for UFC female division. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't exist. See, there you go. <laughs> uh, There's, they don't even have anybody because... <clears throat> If, if you look at the fighters they do have under contract right now, I mean, they could always bring a bantamweight up, but, you know, she fought Felicia Spencer. That it, it really did, doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. It's it's not there. Megan, it, there's no one in it. So she said, you know, if she was your only featherweight, you know, she was only your featherweight champion and she wasn't your bantamweight champion too, you're, you're kind of stuck. You, you don't want to get rid of the division. But since she is your bantamweight champion, it's over. Yeah. I just don't see them holding on to it. Yeah, I don't, wouldn't recommend it either. I mean, <clears throat> I don't see that why they would. On top of that, the only fight people really want to see is Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko. Anyways, that's the only fight. That's, <laughs> that's the only fight really left to had. And Valentina says she's open to fi- fighting her again. They've already fought twice, correct? Okay, twice? Or I thought maybe three. Yes. Yeah, so no, they I mean, fought twice and Amanda won both. Amanda won both. They were one, both very one, close. One, 
one was a championship fight. The second one was a championship fight. The the first one, Amanda wins the first two, and then she got kind of toasted by Valentina in the third. Mm-hmm. And a lot that's why a lot of people looked and went, oh, she can beat her. Mm-hmm. And she could. You know what I think of Valentina Shevchenko as a fighter. She's a stud, but you know, I don't think any less of Amanda Nunez. She is absolutely a stud now. Is Valentina the best fighter, girl fighter in the world? Technically, in my mind, yes. Technically. Overall, everything, the entire game, what she can do, how she can do it. I mean, yeah. She's just we've talked she's about nasty it. Good. We've talked about it for a while. I, I think she's the best female fighter in the world. And, and when people want to talk about Amanda, I'm like, if you look, she's at 125, Valentina is. Amanda's at one forty-five and one thirty-five, yeah. and she's she's her two two of her three losses are to Amanda. I just I would say that well, Valentina's, her third lo- her third loss is on a cut to um, Liz Carmouche. Ah, uh, yeah. That you, know, you look and you go, that's not a stoppage. It shouldn't be a stoppage. And, gotcha. Yeah, happened. Interesting. Um, go back to the card. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see how Megan gets through her at all, uh, unless Amanda falls into like a triangle <laughs> on accident, or she gets pushed kicked in the face. Uh, it's something like that. Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort, something. I don't even know. Look, I'm just. I'm really just throwing it out there. Just not, it's not rolling thunder. Yeah, rolling thunder. I'm telling you, come out, turn into it. The heel hits. It's over. Rolling thunder is the way to win that fight. She's from could, Australia. If you guys could see my face right now, I'm disgusted that John <laughs> suggested that to you guys. I'm disgusted that he suggested that to you guys. Uh, what else is there? <laughs> There's Come nothing on. to do. Yeah. Nothing, man. Didn't, Dan, oh didn't, didn't Dan Hardy land an amazing rolling thunder on Bisping? On the second fight? I'm just kidding. I don't oh, think, I don't I think, know. I think you missed it entirely. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, so Jan Blahovic versus Israel Adesanya. Whoa. I think Izzy pieces him up. I think he pieces him up with the speed. He's just he's too accurate and he pieces him up. Jan's gonna walk in trying to box. Yep. And Izzy's just gonna touch, touch, kick, touch, touch, kick, and boink. It's gonna be over. It's gonna it's gonna be over. <clears throat> I think Luke Luke Rockhold put a lot of pressure on Jan in the wrestling department, but he was able to kind of land a couple good shots in that exchange. Izzy's a different level of of stand up, and Izzy's going to be able to touch him enough to where it's going to make Jan a little bit more hesitant to just walk right in with big power shots. And he's going to if he is either he's going to get frustrated and try to do more because one hundred eighty five pounders piecing him up, or he's just going to sit back and do what um, Cochino did. <laughs> <laughs> just not do it, <laughs> Borchini. <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna sit back and go, "Hey, I'm just gonna just let the fight come to me." And Izzy doesn't have to bring the fight to him. Izzy just got oh, to touch, touch. He will, but he'll, he'll just he'll touch, bring touch. it in his own fashion. Yeah, he'll just touch, touch, and win by points because he's so damn good. I, I'm gonna go with Izzy. I think Izzy's gonna piece him up. It's not. I mean, he's gonna be cautious about it because he don't want to get touched. He don't want to get knocked out. Um. But I, I think the speed, the reach, the range, all those things are going to favor, and this just the style of stand up. He's just he's he's so much better on the feet. Maybe not in the boxing area, but he's just so much better on the feet, mixing everything up. Yeah, I, I 
I really, I really like what I've seen out of Jan Blahovich as he's gone to light heavyweight. Because people forget that he started, he was a middleweight. Yeah. And then he went to you know light heavyweight and he's the speed factor has helped him at light heavyweight. And he is a dude, he's a thick, block headed, take a big shot Polish guy who is he's a mean, nasty, good fighter. I just always go with technical skill and I don't I don't rely on the chin because the chin can only last so long no matter who you are. And I look at this fight, I look at it the same way as you. Technically, I think that Adesanya is just too good in the overall game, especially the stand-up game, because Blahovich needs to get inside with his boxing. Yeah. And Israel is outstanding at keeping guys who want to get into a boxing range away from it. You know, So I could be wrong, but I say that Israel walks away as the champion. Yeah, I think so. But the, I guess the next question is, is, is does he just vacate that title, the the 185-pound title after that? So well, he's beaten just about everybody there is. There. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's the real question is you're looking. You know, there's a couple guys obviously coming up that you can start to say, all right, this, you know, the Kevin Hollands are coming up and, you know, the Buckleys are coming up if you want to say that. But they're not ready. Can you pull they're up the 85-pound weight class? So this is we had suggested this a while ago, and I had said like, look, he can stay at eight, I think at two hundred five. Let the one hundred eighty five pound division just settle in, and you create an interim title. Not now, but in a little bit. Okay, after a couple guys have worked their way back up to fight, who I think will still be there will be Whitaker. Whitaker deserves to fight for an interim title if Izzy's going to stay up at two hundred five for a little bit and defend. There's nothing wrong with that, and I think the guys in the one hundred eighty five pound division that are there right now, you have Paulo Costa, and you can have Robert, Robert Whitaker fight. You could have Paul Costa, or you could have Robert Whitaker fight uh, Cannoneer. I mean, there's they, guys they in just it. fought. I'm mean, sorry, not Whitaker and Cannoneer. Uh, Darren Till and uh, and Whitaker that could fight, or, or Cannoneer can fight. You got to. We got to settle that. I think we got to settle the under those guys in two, three, four, and five to see who's going to end up. Vittori, he's there as well. Get those guys to fight each other to see who's going to fight Whitaker for an interim title. That'll take another two, probably another year, year and a half. That gives Izzy enough time to defend his title one time at 205. And then maybe if he wants to drop back down and, and have two champs or two, two, two titles, or he can vacate the title then at 205 or vacate the title at, at 185. But there's options to be made there because he has wiped out that division. Like John Jones. He's wiped out that division at 205. Him going to heavyweight, I think, is was the best thing like we had talked about last week. For the UFC and for John Jones, he needs a little bit more motivation. He needs something to get him going. Yeah. And the UFC needs to spark that heavyweight division up, you know, because the 205, even though he was so dominant and people tuned in, it's been the it's been the pillar of the organization all the way back from Frank Shamrock, Tito Ortiz, like that division. Was it uh, was Randy there or was no it was uh, Vitor Belfort? Who was before Frank? There was no one before Frank, right? Frank was the first, huh? Or... 205 pound champ champ. The light heavyweight yeah. champ was Frank Shamrock was the first, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you have Frank Shamrock, you got Tito Ortiz, and then you go on, you know, Chuck and all those guys, Randy, you know, you've got those guys that were all in that, in that list there. Um, I think you just, I think you let that dust settle below and have those guys fight. And then if Izzy wants to stay at 205, he may be a better fighter at 205. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much weight he cuts it to get to 185. But he may be a better fighter at 205. 
you know, and if he if he feels better and is performing the same, it's going to be hard for any of those guys to beat him. Because no matter how how much I like Glover Teixeira and Santos and Dominic Reyes and and Rakic and those guys, they don't have the technique that he has on the feet. And I don't see any of those guys. None of those guys wrestle as they don't wrestle well enough. I think to get him down, they're not better wrestlers than Yoel Romero. You know, and so we get into that conversation. Like coming it, full circle. Yeah, coming full circle back <laughs> to ground one. Um, you know, I don't I don't know like who you would have in the 205 pound division. You, you could run into a whole nother thing where he ends up dominating that weight class as well, depending on how much weight he cuts and if and he's got the body style for it. And I, I could see him dominating that weight class as well at 205. There'd be no reason for him to go back to 85. If he kills himself to make the weight, why? Well, you know, and I named a couple of guys when I was saying, you know, Kevin Holland and Buckley. Obviously, there's other guys ahead of those guys. You know, there's yeah. the Darren Tills that he hasn't fought. But there's, you got to look at the guys he's fought and then mm-hmm. other people. Because, you know, his last fight was against Costa and he smoked him. You know, the fight before that was Romero, which was horrible. It was horrible. But, you know, he had beaten Whitaker before that. You know, and Whitaker beat till so it's one of those there's really like you said he kind of cleared out the division yeah there's really no one that you can look at and go man who's the guy that's gonna you know this is the guy that we think can actually you know test him it's gonna be it's gonna be a while before that guy emerges in my mind because you have Whitaker who's fought him and lost you can say Cannoneer but Cannoneer lost to Whitaker you can say Till but Till lost to Whitaker mm-hmm. so you know, there's a couple of guys out there that you could say, yeah, I would like to see that fight. But I think the move right now to light heavyweight, it's the right move for him. You know, when, when you when you clear out a division, which he pretty much did, mm-hmm. that's the time to move on. I think I think within a year and a half, we'll know if Kevin Holland's the real deal. And I think that <laughs> that body length and that style of how he fights, and we saw how he's he's got a pretty decent like bottom grappling game in terms of being able to control the space, use his ability on the ground to kind of we saw against Jacare. Um Jacare his was, next fight. Yeah. I mean, who who what? His next fight against Derek Brunson. Yeah, that's going to say a be, lot. That's going to say a lot. You know, yep. he gets that win. I mean, there's really no one else in front of him. I mean, like he's going to go up to end up fighting probably like a Darren Till or a Cannoneer. I heard Darren Till's going back down to 70. That would oh, be, that would be just ridiculous. Yeah. Just but I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, the the Darren Till, the Vittori, and Kevin Holland fight. But that'll let you know. That body style, like as we've talked about, does so well in MMA. But Kevin Holland Izzy would be a good fight in a year and a half. Like yep. one of those year and a half, two years kind of thing, you know? And I'd like to see him mature as a fighter before I go throwing him to the wolves. But it would be it would be nice to see him get, you know, he fights if he fights Derek Brunson, beats Derek Brunson, and then you got Hermanson, Vittori, Till, Cannoneer, Costa all ahead of him. So he, I mean, really, after he fights, um, uh, who was he fighting again? Hollins fighting uh, Brunson. Yeah, Brunson. After he fights, sorry, I just totally spaced out because Dave yeah. changed. I was looking for the name, and Dave changed went, the page. Just, <laughs> just blacked hey, out. Dave, be careful! You can't pull away the words from him. Yes, yeah, he's been hitting the head. CTE. <laughs> yeah, if he if he has a good performance against Derek Brunson, man, he really after that he's got nothing but killers in front of him. You know. Not that Derek Brunson's not, but I'm saying if he does well, get through him, it's going to be. Well, if, if there's one guy 
you can truthfully look and say, all right, here's a guy that fought Izzy and actually had a good fight against him. It was Vittori. And Vittori then just, you know, has a big win against Hermanson. Mm -hmm. He's the one guy that I think he has the... Him saying, I deserve that fight, I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah. He'd be the next guy that I would say, yeah, kind of, you know, after he fought him once, he put on a good performance. He put on a great performance against, you know, Hermanson. So yeah. he's the guy that's sitting out there in Never Never Land that you kind of feel bad for. Well, it makes it fun. I think, I think this is what the UFC needed, though, going into 2021, you know, as they needed something to really mix it all up. You're going to see John Jones in the heavyweight division this year and you're going to see izzy fighting in the light heavyweight division this year and you're going to see the dust settle at 185 pounds and uh they're going to have you know probably a new champion i think by the end of the year there because i don't think i think if izzy wins against yawn he'll stay there i don't think there's any reason for him to go back down you know that would be smart on his part yep and who knows maybe we'll see usman go up to 185 yeah, there's a lot of guys for him to fight in 170. Yeah, I know there is, but <laughs> you know. Um, what else? So one piece of news that um I don't know if you guys talked about it already, but did you know that there's um there's gonna be attendance at yeah, Poy and McGregor? A, a, a low intent they're doing like a certain amount of people at this event for the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight. Yeah. And they've already sold it yep. out. Which yeah, but I mean, uh, they said like what the lowest ticket was fifteen hundred something dollars. No, it was two hundred something. Yeah, yeah, that's like, what. Yeah, two fifteen. They, they said it was like two fifty for the lowest ticket. You know, those tickets were bought up by. Oh yeah, Sheiks and it, yeah, yeah, right away. So it's like two fifty corporation. Oh okay, okay, maybe I missed the highest okay. is thirteen. Oh, maybe that's what I saw then. Okay, try to get one for two fifty, <laughs> Dave. Try and get one for two fifty. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to Abu Dhabi, so. <laughs> well, you even I don't you. Trust me, your chances of getting one for two fifty are about the same as your chances of getting in there at Abu Dhabi. Make it happen. I think it's good. We're getting a little bit of fans back. I mean, uh, who do I watch? I watched uh, Buffalo. I watched a little bit of the Buffalo game yesterday, the football game, and they had they had fans. You know, certain certain uh, states are opening up to fans, which is kind of cool to see. So Florida is one of them. Do you guys think UFC is going to go any Florida more with uh, having fans? They don't really like Florida. They haven't like I mean they the last show they did before I think Orlando right was Miami at UFC forty two, you know I don't no think, no, no, no they did they, the they did the first COVID been, one at Florida okay I'm, yeah so they, I'm they did the they did the three shows the COVID in Jackson thing. but before that's what he's talking about oh. and they've they, they've been there they just it's usually about once a year it's just not very often in Florida yeah I thought I thought Miami was the last time oh maybe that was the last time no, they were in Miami no. maybe the last time they were ever in Miami. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. Masvidal is campaigning for them to do it at one of the arenas there because um they're all in fans. So um Yeah. You know, and it's obviously a big name. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done like because you know, um Showbox, right? Showtime boxing, they went to uh they went to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. There was it the Alamo Dome or something? They were at an arena there yeah. for, for one of their boxing matches and they had fans there as well. Well there's been a bunch. When you just look at Ryan Garcia just fought Luke Campbell. Yeah, people, people in the stands. Got it. So there's yeah. places where you can do it, but the UFC has basically, you know, Fight Island is a separate entity. But they're, you know, they've already got the shows planned for the Apex uh, as soon as yeah. they get back from the Fight Island. So, yeah, I know they would like to have fans, mm -hmm. but they want to have fans under, 
under the purview that the way they want it. Yeah. They don't want it the way the, the state wants it. So I think they'll wait until it's the way they want it. Did you guys see that Megan Olivia is running for uh, like Congress some in some position in in Vegas? What? No. She's yeah, she's running for one of the one right of the, now or in two years. Um, because the next the, she won't be able to run for another. She'll start probably campaigning in a year. She, I heard she had talked about doing it. I didn't know she was doing it. I know there was talk of her potentially running for um a position in in Vegas. I I don't know. Yeah, what the. Well, her I thought it was more like a, a city council or oh, maybe. maybe it is a congressman. Who knows? I mean, I, look, I don't know much about her other than that she's married to Joe. She's running I for know. mayor? Oh, she's running for mayor of Las Vegas? Yeah. She's, what the fuck? Up. Get the fuck out oh, of here. Oh, wow. Yeah, Megan Levy aiming to run for mayor of Las Vegas. And you know wow, that. The, good, the Goodmans have had that locked down for uh, mm. quite a while. Maybe they're running out of people to run. <laughs> Who knows? Um, look, I don't know anything. I don't know much about. I know she's a sweetheart. I've talked to her several times at some of like, uh, like the center bars. You know, with the alpha male guys, they were all you know everyone there and hanging out. She seems like a really sweet person. Um, you know, and she's, you know, and Joe's a great guy as well. So I mean, as, if they were to run, I think they would be great people to have around I don't, I don't i can't say much about it other than the fact that i think I, I don't know if she'd be a good mayor or not and she seems very organized she seems very on point of what she does she does a great job speaking she's a wonder she's a wonderful advocate for the sport of mma i can't say anything else i can't say anything negative about her at all i don't know anything much about her other than the fact that what i see and what i've talked to her about personally but she seems like a, a wonderful person if she was going to run and i don't know what you know and in that exact moment, as I refreshed, uh, as I refreshed the news feed, Chael Sonnen hints at running in Oregon. Jeez. <laughs> he, he said he t- he tweeted to the I don't know whoever's in charge up there. Uh, yeah. uh, it takes a good. I've heard it takes a good guy to stop a bad guy, yeah. but I, I've also heard it could take an even worse guy to stop a bad guy. Yeah, he's he's uh, I mean, he's 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 conservative. Uh, is from what I gathered, he ran as a conservative before, correct? And he lost. And he, if he runs again as a conservative in that area that which he he lives in, he's not going to win. That's you know. <laughs> he, like he he Jail lives Sonnen in Oregon. Yeah. That's a good combo. I like that. One. Yeah, it's so it's so yeah. weird to me. I'm like, how how do you like yeah. He lives in the mean streets of what? Westland? Westland, <laughs> baby. Westland. Westland. Uh, uh but yeah, back to Megan. I, I think I think hey, that's kind of cool. I think it's kind of a cool deal. See if she Well, if, if, she if that's run. her aspiration and that's what she wants to do and awesome. She look the one thing you know, she's super smart. Yeah. Okay. She's, I mean, really intelligent. She talks well. And so, you know, she has the right background and has the right ideas. Maybe people will get behind her. Right yes. now, you, you have no idea who will vote for who or what or anything like that. But maybe the, you know, the UFC needs some political help. There are guys leaving. Well, I don't know if it's, it's the only Dana's guy. So, uh, Interesting. <laughs> who I mean, knows? Who knows? But she, she's, well, a, gotta, you, she's a good spokesperson, I believe. I'd move to Vegas you know, if she was me. <laughs> oh my gosh you guys i just rolled my eyes <laughs> dave's comments uh all right well i, I heard i heard there was uh some talk about kraus fighting buckley after buckley gets this next fight 
I heard apparently isn't the Buckley the one that had a hard time or does doesn't like him? They don't like each other. They don't like well, supposedly James Krause, you know, said basically, you know, didn't allow him to come into glory, which is James's gym to train, said, No, we don't want your kind here because he thought that he was well, no, he's he in his opinion, he thought that Buckley uh didn't train smart with other training partners and had heard things. He's like, I don't want you. Now, is is that what Buckley is? No, Buckley's a good guy, man. He's a he's a tough competitor and tough fighter, but they have they have a difference of opinion of each other, and sometimes the best way to get that respect is to uh, step in the cage, and put it on the line. So I have no problem with it. You know, Buckley normally is one eighty five. Kraus has fought at one eighty five. He did when he walked in and uh, stepped in in that last second fight. You know and did really well for, I think it was against uh, Giles, mm-hmm. but you know, did really well until he got tired of pushing all that weight and everything. So the real question is, what weight would it be at too? Would it be at one seventy where they could kind of meet up? Because mm-hmm. James has done one fifty five and one seventy, and Buckley's done one seventy, but mostly one one eighty five. Got it. Huh. Um. What else? Anything else? Uh, that's UFC bantamweight Irwin Rivera. Did you see the story on him? Yeah, oh, he, he, stabbed, he stabbed got arrested. Son. Yeah, for stabbing his family. But now, now his family have come out and said that they don't hold that against him. That it, something evil took over him, <laughs> and they just want him to get the help he needs. Yeah. Well, that, okay, I'm all for that. He, if he needs help, get the help. But you can't sit there and say, "Oh, it's okay." Yeah, it's you not. can't condone it. Okay, you can't condone it. You know, he. Uh, he did something that could have taken the life of another human being, be it a sister, a brother, or whoever. You know that doesn't change it, and it doesn't change it when they say, "Well, it's okay." You know, we didn't. We know he didn't mean it. That's that's for lawyers to decide what they're going to do with that. But him getting help is the key. Yeah, we had this conversation with about Mike Perry last week and um, about mental health and how important it is. But John, to touch on what you said is, to me, it is important for the for the family to show forgiveness to him because if, he, well, if it is going to work and heal, then they they need to be uh, behind him and showing them that they forgive him. Because if they don't, I it's totally going to cause more of a you. problem. I totally agree with you. It's great that the family shows forgiveness, but that has nothing to do with the legal case. I don't think that they're in, in, in the trouble that, that he's in. Yeah, I don't think they're insinuating that. I think they're just saying, "Hey, we forgive him, and we understand." that something evil came over him, whatever it is, whatever they believe. But the, for for this whole thing to end up eventually coming coming around to so it doesn't happen again, they ha, they I think it was smart on their part to say that they showed forgiveness for him because that's what he's going to need. He's going to need his family. Like we talked about with Mike Perry, he has to rely on his, his uh, future wife and now his son to be there for him. And so his family, and so for this other fighter, his family needs to be there for him to support him and, and help get him back on his feet and give him help and get him help. And while he's getting those help is to be there for him to, to support him. And I, I think that was good on their part by doing that and uh, showing they understand. And that's, that's one, that's the step that we need for healing. I think across everything that we're doing right now, across the nation, everything is we all just need to just support each other and continue to look, look after one another to, for everyone to heal. What else? What else we got? Is that it? Yeah, that's not. I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Josh trying to make fun of me when his brain cut off halfway through the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. All right, guys. So we, uh, look, also to finish up and wrap this up. So go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in for your first initial deposit. Add $1,000 or not $1,000. Deposit $1,000 and they give you 50% of your initial deposit. Add. Add. <laughs> so you can end up walking away with another $500 on their dime you get to spend on the gambling. We also did our um, segment today of weighing in on the odds. So if you guys go back and listen to uh, listen to that, if you guys scrub through, which hopefully you did not, you guys can take a chance at looking at that and seeing what we advise you guys on potentially betting on. And hopefully you guys can win some money. Do not listen to Big John. <laughs> John's the one that has all the money still left in his in his account. I, I, I burned through mine. That shit is gone. Um, all good. Other than that, go to Pro Wrestling Tees slash Wayne In. There is no promo code right now, no, but there, there is. is one for there's one for the website. It's, for the website it's, itself, the code is New Year, and it gets you twenty percent off, and that goes until the tenth, and then from the tenth until the end of January, we'll have uh, the code Podcast, which will also get you twenty percent off. And then I'm also going to wrap this up also too with another, I'm going to go back to what we talked about in the very beginning is I'm going to plug these two young guys that have started a new little uh, YouTube channel. So Ollie, the sharpshooter, you guys check out his videos. He interviews um, like BJ Penn. He's done some interviews. He's a young kid, only six years old, a lot of pro wrestlers and a couple of the media guys also from Bellator. He uh, interviewed them as well. And then uh, KT Experience just started just recently. Uh, no videos are up, but they're going to look into try and get some uh, some videos up hopefully in the next week or two. But uh, hit the subscribe button on them. If you guys have kids, have them subscribe to, to their channel as well. Appreciate you guys, man. These are some of my close friends, uh, little ones. And so we'd like to have you guys do that if you guys could. Uh, appreciate it. And John, what else you got? The uh, only thing I have to say is everyone in the new year, be nice to each other. Treat each other well, and in the end, we will all see you.